after several weeks of vacationing and the holiday season and our our great amazing group holiday vacation to St. Olaf welcome to wrestling with egos however you may be watching or listening whether it's on YouTube whether it's on Anchor Podcast Apple Podcast Spotify Google Breaker whatever it is thank you so much for making wrestling with egos a part of your wrestling experience for the week i promise you this is going to be a fun <clears throat> af show my name is patrick i am joined by my boys brian and isaac gentlemen my first question to you how was your holidays how was your christmas it was equal i would say equal parts relaxing and stressful i mean there was there was a few things that we had to take care of that were unavoidable but all in all it was a wonderful respite from everything uh got to spend a lot of time with family got to see some good friends that we haven't seen in a while um and hey santa claus brought me no time to die on blu-ray and what's Santa bring you peace in my family hey 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 i i will take that any day of the week guys hang on i'm 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 getting really freaking hot hang on oh dear oh here we go this is how we grow content and we grow the viewership ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) merry christmas to me world series championship t-shirt thanks mom love you nice Yeah, I just had to do that. Man, guys, I'm looking forward to this show since we took our break. Uh, There's a lot of reasons. My championship shirt on then, huh? Say what? I should get my championship shirt on. I'm feeling kind of left out here. Well, Well, here's the thing, though. Y'all's championship shirts would be old news. This is is the the current, the reigning defending undisputed baseball champions of the world, the Atlanta Braves. Um, Before we get into what we're really here for, a deep, deep, deep dive into Starcade 92, a special request from friend of show, Nick. Um, Thanks, Nick. See you, brother. Thank you, sir. This is going to be a fun show. couple couple current events we need to discuss we're not going to stay very we're not going to stay on current for very long on this just got to touch on a couple of things that happened that we do need to discuss thumbs up thumbs down thumbs in the middle how you feeling about just this one particular thing nothing else about it not who lost anything else how you feeling about brock lesnar as wwe champion thumbs down thumbs up down or in the middle I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. And and no, I get it. I understand why. He's been a refreshing, a breath of fresh air in this iteration. Hell yes. This Brock Lesnar is fun. I like this. You know why? Because it's not boring. It's something a little bit different. It's the same ass-kicking Brock Lesnar. That, doesn't, that hasn't changed. But the presentation of Brock, Brock's a smart ass. 
I like this. I really like this. I like the fact that even though now he's back with Heyman, Brock on Monday night carried some carried some mic work. And I should amend that to this then, because I remember a lot of times last year, I was asking for a different presentation of Lesnar. I wanted him to do more mic work. I wanted him to show more sides of his personality and things like that than he was. So that's why I changed it from this to this, because I did get what I was asking for to a degree. Isaac, are you still down or are you changing your... Look, I'm still down for different reasons. I do like the new presentation of Brock. I like what he's doing with that. I like that he's speaking a little bit more. But, you know, I I have other reasons and factions. You're still, you're still salty about 30, admit it. No, 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 no. We're not even talking about 30 right now. We're, we're past 30. That was years ago. I'm, I'm kind of salty at other things going on right now. But that's okay. Hey, um... I'm not happy with who he beat. Um, I didn't really like that. The only way you can make that up to me now is by Lesnar losing the title to King Woods. That's the only way you're making this up to me, Vince. I know you're not going to make it up to me, but that's the only way. I also, but one thing I'm I'm very much looking forward to. We before day one, we all thought that. Um, um, we all thought and hoped that one day we would get um, Lesnar versus Lashley. We never thought we would. And then we got a tease of that at day one. And then we all realized, oh, my God, this is exactly what I want. And now we're going to get it at the Royal Rumble. Thank you. Thank you very much. That one's going to be fun. And, yes, Brian, I did see that message that popped up. Um so, um, um, sorry, completely, totally lost my train of thought. Um, what else current do you want to talk about then? Honestly and truly, this and, and the end of Wrestle Kingdom. <clears throat> so, fill me in. <laughs> oh, you, well, because I've been so focused on WWE and AEW, I know stuff is going on in Japan, and people are already talking about, oh my god, match of the year, 37 matches of the year, and stuff like that. That's the extent of what I know. Well, night one ended, night one's main event, Shingo, uh, Shingo Takagi def uh, defending against Kazuchika Okada, and his defense was highly un- successful as Kazuchika Okada became the IWGP heavyweight champion of the world, going on tonight too to defend slash unify that title against uh, against the assassin himself will osprey and his defense of the iwgp world heavyweight championship was successful so okada remains champion and then when he went after night two in their press conference deals that they always do with, with New Japan, he was asked about people that he might want to wrestle. And he name-dropped a couple of names that really got my attention. Some guy named Daniel Son and some, uh, another guy, like, I th what was it? What, what was the guy's name? Charles Montgomery Punk. Oh, brother. To which CM Punk took 
That's what that was about. Exactly. CM Punk took I saw the tweets. Okada and replied to it on Twitter with the address to the United Center. To quote Clint Barton in Avengers Endgame, don't do that to me. Don't give me hope. No. Do not. <laughs> don't, don't do this to me. Um... We were hoping RJ was going to be able to join us tonight because RJ, I we know, was highly immersed in this, and that would have been awesome. But RJ, uh, we, we got a message from RJ a little while ago. He's been working his butt off and forgot. It's cool. <laughs> it happens. Trust me, I worked 100 hours the week before and the week of Christmas. I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Those were the two big things. There was some other stuff that happened, and we ain't going there this week because this is going to be a fun show. I want to have fun. I don't want to talk about depressing shit. And we're not going to talk. Well, we are going to talk about depressing shit because there was some stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's obvious. I got there notes. About stuff in Star K92 that, would pr that probably might drive you to drinking. I mean, even my wife, Nurse Rant Mode On, was watching this with me on my 75 gajillionth watch through of this and even commented, oh, my God. I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah. So we are going to get right into it with Starcade 92, our gentlemen. Are we ready? Deep dive. Into Starcade 92. And before we dive too deeply into it, thank you to Nick for giving us this idea. And all of you viewers and listeners out there in Wrestling with Eagles land, please do this. We want more of this stuff. We want to interact with you. No, no matter how awesome you think the event was or no matter how lame you think the event was, if you think, hey, you guys should do a deep dive on X, we'll do it. Hey, and you know what? I'll go ahead and... Spoiler, it's a god-awful pay-per-view. Like, for example, Super Clash 3? Oh, my God, we'll totally do it. Why? Because it becomes Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as we love talking about good wrestling, we love talking about bad wrestling, too. Why? Because it's just funny. <laughs> and there's... There's a certain sick enjoyment that that wrestling fans get when talking about god awful stuff, and you're gonna see a lot of that sick enjoyment here tonight as we emanate from the Omni in Atlanta. Raise your hand if you have been inside that building. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, just me. Okay, cool. Um, great building, by the way. Great building. Um, it. You'll let uh, me know when he's done putting himself over. I'll, I don't give you like a I'm like a count in, like a three, two, one, go. Okay. Anyway, um, it, it was it was it was Starcade '92 Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery, the second time they have done Battle Bowl and the Lethal Lottery. Uh, first was at Starcade '91. First, before we get into this, I just gotta say, look, Dusty Rhodes is a freaking was a freaking genius. He created so many amazing things that wrestling has. This was not one. And number one on that list. <laughs> Battle Bowl, oh, baby. Uh, no, 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 no. Shockmaster. 
as bad as bad as Starcade 90 as bad as the Battle Bowl and Lethal Lottery concept is. It'll nothing will ever ever touch the freaking Shockmaster. I'll give you a quick editorial comment, the first of several editorial comments you're going to get from your boy this evening. I would expect more than one, and if I if not, yeah. I would be vastly disappointed. I queued this up the other day. I you know, sat down on my couch and I got the pen and the paper out and I'm like, okay. The opening segment, you can tell they're going for some pomp and circumstance. They're they're trying to like talk about legitimacy Ooh. and they're laying it on thick with cowboy Bill Watts and Hank Aaron and you know they- computer computer graphics of pouring the, the, the metal for the ring and, and all this stuff and And then later on in the show they bring in Paul Hornick. Heisman yep. Trophy winner, a guy that won, I, you know, several NFL championships and Super Bowl one and two with the Packers. Yes. I mean, dude, do you want to talk about somebody that knows something about championship rings? Jesus. I mean, I agree with you. Continue, though. Continue. So, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I'm just in a vacuum. You're, you're obviously going to try to legitimize this, but then... The wrestling started, <laughs> and I'm just like, I should get this question out of the way first, because it's a question that kept coming up for me throughout the entire night, so let me just put this out there to both of you. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I guess? Sure. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> well, that, that's... Oh, that'll be my next question. <laughs> that's the general question, but the sub-question, just, now I should have looked this up. What was the state of the roster at this point? Well, you elaborate. Because, you're, boys and girls, you're going to hear a theme. There were about five or six guys that wrestled three times um, in this show. Hang on. I, 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 to I, the show's detriment, I might argue. Was that out of necessity because we just didn't have anybody else that we trusted? Or did the powers that be make the decision, here's the people we're going to push? We're going to give you Sting, and I can understand why. We're going to give you Vader, and I can understand why. We're going to give you Van Hammer? Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I'm, oh I, I, I got one for you. I got more for you later. But you got three people in three different matches on this show. Sting, Big Van Vader, The Great Muda, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Barry Windham. Which, okay, fine, you know, I mean... To put this in perspective, the Battle Bowl final, that Battle Royal, was an eight-man Battle Royal. Sting, Vader, Muda, Doc, Barry. That yep. is five eights. <laughs> I don't do so, math. Bring that, I can't break that down. That's what, two-thirds? No. It, it, it's, it's more than half, is basically. Yeah. A little bit more, a little bit in between a half and three-quarters. Yeah. Okay. Was the was the roster just that poorly constructed at this point, or were there? Because I feel like there were some guys left in catering that could have oh, done a few things. Dude, I watched the show a little while ago just for that reason. When they go to the split screen, I was like, okay, who do I see that they did not use? And I'll go ahead and get to that right now. Bagwell. Mm-hmm. Oh. Even though he he was god awful, 
Tom Zink. And you, then you look over on the other side in that heel locker room, and there was Mr. Freaking Wonderful. Paul Orndorff was right there. Um, let's see. Oh, on in the on the, the babyface locker room, you had Brad Armstrong. Uh, like I said, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And then way, way off in the back, he you know, you see a blonde guy with a sequiny jacket. You look a little bit closer and it's stunning Steve Austin. Can you say someone dropped the ball? Um, can you say the Bill Watts era of WCW? <laughs> That's all. I'm going to stop there because I'll, I'm going to get way, way, way <coughs> far ahead of myself. So in case, that was the question that kept popping up in my head the whole time I was watching it. Like, it's one thing to watch Sting wrestle three times, okay? Because it's Sting. Yes, please. But Dr. Death, you. Steve Williams, you know? And, and even, and I know this, this might ruffle a few feathers, but even seeing Vader three times is pushing it. Because I've got some theories about Vader that you're probably not going to like later on. Oh, you'll be surprised about this one, man. Don't get me wrong. I love Vader, but I've... So I... I, I'm not going to lay all my cards on the table right now. We can save it. Just, yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into what the hell we're actually watching here. So in case you're not familiar with Battle Bowl and the Lethal Lottery, um, they had the little, the little lottery roller thingy, and they'd pull out names at random, and those people would be in tag team matches. The winners of those tag team matches went on to the Battle Bowl... Battle Royal at the very end, and the winner gets a championship ring. And they were pushing this championship ring like it was going to be the freaking end-all, be-all. Sounded cool as hell. Didn't follow up on it. So, um, and before we get into it, these parries made absolutely no freaking sense, except for one. And we'll get to that in a little bit. And it, Well, it kind of made sense, but they didn't do anything with it. So, in your first match... Dan Spivey and Heavy Metal Van Hammer against Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack. I was uh, like, let's, there's a lid lifter. The other. <laughs> okay. Oh. So you got Dan Spivey, who doesn't give a damn. I mean, we he's. One of the laziest wrestlers of all time. I mean, hell, Undertaker tells a story that he dropped Taker off at a at, at, at a show. It was like, tell him I'm done. Bye. And just drove off. Um, Van Hammer, who sucked. I mean, even to the point they gave him another run in WCW just so he could be a part of Misfits in Action. Shout out to friend of show and my personal friend, Lash LaRue. Hey, buddy. Um, um, yeah. Um, hey, watch so, how you're talking about Van Hammer. That man's got a family. <laughs> okay, he didn't have a family, but you know what? His career was god-awful. <laughs> I'm kidding. Damn! And then Cactus Jack and Johnny B. Bat. Mark Marrow, one of the most underrated athletes in the last 20, 30 years. Of, good Lord. That's, that's a what could have been. Uh, and then Mick flipping Foley. I mean, I don't think we need to go 
there at all. Um, but so one sec. You get, you know, Hammer and Spivey go over on Johnny B. Bad and Cactus Jack because Johnny B. Bad hits the left hook. Cactus gets rolled up one, two, three. Fast forward. You want to know what they did with this program? Nothing. I had this question written down. Did this set up a Johnny B. Bad Mick Foley feud? Nope. No. Hell, hell no. Of course they didn't. They didn't do a damn thing with it. It was just, you know. That's what I would have done. Yeah, and, and, and Here's a couple months of a program for you. Yep. And see. Um, so if you really want to get into this, Dave Meltzer gave this one half of a star. Generous. Um, yes. Uh, wow. this, this is the worst of the Battle Bowl matches. And that's saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, Dave? <laughs> Got a bone to pick with you on that one. Uh, well, okay. What's your bone to pick? Let's go ahead and go there. I would call another one the worst. Uh, not that one. Which one? And I suppose here's the next question I have. And I, I know the answer to this one already because I know what his last name is. But I think the Sting and Dr. That versus Eric Watson, Jushin Thunder Liger match was even worse. Actually, Meltzer gives that a star in three quarters. Because, and I know why Eric Watts is in this position. Because look at his last name. Uh, but you're going to tell me, like, the four guys you mentioned that were sitting in the back in catering would have made a lot more sense from a technical in-ring standpoint but no we're gonna we're gonna go with the nepotism angle okay fine oh yeah i've stopped i see you have a, a paragraph a careful looking story oh, yeah. uh, and it, it continues a little bit on the on the page too okay um, we'll get to that in a second uh before we get into the next match i got a i have a couple of uh um uh, thoughts of my running, my running sarcastic commentary of this. First off, in the in the lead-in, what the hell is Jesse Ventura doing wearing a black leather Malcolm X baseball cap? Not the same thing. Jacket. <laughs> they were in Atlanta. Okay. Was it right? No, but. No. I, okay, I, I am not. Believe it or not, I do not even want to touch the cultural faux pas in this. I want to talk about fashion here. A black leather baseball cap and a French jacket. What the hell, man? Wait, wait, before before you go further, really? Jesse Ventura doing something wild and wearing something wild and crazy like that? And oh, you're shocked? No, I'm not shocked. But when Ventura wears something wild and crazy, it at least kind of sort of makes sense. And this is like, you know, a blind dude dressed him. He's, he's never worn anything that's somewhat relevant, let alone made any sense so, whatsoever. So let me continue. Uh, uh, also, during, you know, during the intros. Uh, Ravishing Rick Rude out of the WCW World Championship match against Ron Simmons. Dr. Death is in. Wow, Bill Watts taking care of his own like a mofo. 
um, again, like I said earlier, I loved how they were making the, a big deal out of the damn ring. They just didn't do anything with it. So we get to the uh, initial drawing, and real quick, dude, Missy Hyatt back in her prime. Enough said. Thank you. <laughs> Missy Hyatt, early 90s. Um, let's see, um, Van, oh, yeah, Van Hammer, LOL, we had Hammer and Vader, um, Van and Van, by the way, I just want to point that out, Van Hammer, Van Vader, you could have really done some marketing with that, by the way, boys and girls, would have been awesome, Isaac, how would you have marketed that, how would you have marketed Van Hammer and Van Vader? I don't know, I would have put, like, I would have, I would, time to, I'm going to change that. I need because I'm going to need you to do an impression on this one. How would Vince market Van Hammer and Van Vader? <laughs> oh, God. Let me think about this. I'll let, Van- you, let, me, let me know when you're ready. Uh, let me know when you're ready and we'll, and we'll get back to it. I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not putting you off. Like, think about it. Germinate on that. And when you're ready, just say the word. Um, let's see. Wow, two minutes in, is Jess, and Jesse is putting himself over by mentioning Van Hammer winning that damn arm wrestling tournament. Van Hammer with the strongest arm in WCW. Um, here's a, Brian, you'll love this one. Here's a problem that I have. Jesse is a mayor, or was a mayor at this point. He was going to soon be governor of the state of Minnesota and has the grammar of a brain-dead parakeet. He don't breathe too good. I've got relatives that grew up in the freaking sticks of Alabama that that speak better English than that. My Lord. Um, another thing, have you ever noticed anytime they go to a post-match replay and Jesse Ventura is doing the replay, he's always got to get the slams in. Wham! To be honest, I wasn't paying much attention to that. I was, you know, I was focused on the wrestling, brother. I Wait, what, what wrestling were you watching? Yeah, what wrestling were you watching? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 mean, I shut off Star K92 and put a wrestle kingdom on. I was like, you know, just kidding. All right, so. <clears throat> wrestle kingdom made up in this. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac, have you figured out what Vince, how Vince would do this? Vince would have put the body of Van Hammer with the shoulder pads that that um, Vader had that had the big rhino on top or whatever it was, and then made the and made the smoke come out of it at the same time going it's Vader it's Vader you know a Van Hammer and Van Vader you know tag team it's the Vans it's gotta be the Vans. <laughs> Shano, hey, hey, Shano, go down. I want you to go down to the used car lot, okay? And I want you to see if you can get a couple vans, like real cheap, like maybe a green van, and then we can get a blue van, okay? And then they they could drive to the ring in the vans, because they're both vans, get it? That's good (laughs) shit. Don't pay more than $1,000 a piece, though. Yeah. Because we're just going to abandon this after two months anyway. And we'll, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll release them both. What the hell? Who cares? Right. Wait, even better. Tell Triple H to hire them. Then we'll release them. There's and then, Shano, you can pick whichever van you want, and you can drive it around for a while. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. 
All right, anyway, moving on to the next match. Uh, it is Big Van Vader and Dusty Ro uh, Dustin Rhodes with, uh, against the team of the Barbarian and Kinsuki Sasaki, who went on to be a pretty damn decent <laughs> dude and won the IWGP championship. But he's on excursion at this point, and it's just like, what the piss? Um, Melcher gave it a star. I thought that was generous. Um, I did like the fact if you had that back and forth, you know, tension between uh, Vader and Dustin. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Suzaki suplexed Vader. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. That was about it. Yeah, that was about it. Um, Vader and uh, Vader and uh, and the Natural get the uh, get the win. Then we move on to a match that actually did not suck. Um, hey, before we get into uh, before we get into that, I got one more thing on my notes. Um, because that's when you get the split screen. And again, how the hell do you not use Brad Armstrong, Paul Orndorff, or even Bagwell? But damn it, we're gonna get Eric Watts, and uh, uh, we're gonna get Eric Watts. Wait a minute. There's Steve freaking Austin. What the piss? Um, I did like the pairing of the third match. It was Barry Wyndham and Muda against Two Cold Scorpio and Flying Brian Pillman. Um, that that match just on paper that looks dope. And this match actually wasn't bad. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter stars. Um, I was gonna say this was my favorite of the first. Absolutely. Match matches. Yeah, this was actually a really, really damn good match. Um, I I really liked it. Um, Wyndham and Pillman are tag team are, are tag team partners. They are challenging Steamboat and Shane Douglas for the tag team titles later tonight. Later tonight in the show. Um, but this was a really good match. A lot of good back and forth, and I love the finish. Wyndham hits that elevated DDT that Ed Gangrel used and Bobby Roode used and Edge uses from time to time and then points at Muda and points at the corner. Muda salt, bam. <laughs> um, yeah, that was cool. And then as soon as the match was over, Wyndham and Pillman left the ring together. Literally, it was like one, two, three, <laughs> Like they could couldn't get out of there fast enough. Which my favorite part, my favorite thing about watching this this whole event was the exposure for me for guys like Muda and Masahiro Chono, who, again, never been exposed to before. Really, I mean, I've seen a match here and there, but I know that there's so much gaps in my education, and that's one of the reasons I'm glad that we got to watch this because you see how great Muda is and how great Shono is and stuff like that. So God bless America. Muda was amazing. Uh, <laughs> dude, even earlier than that, I want to say in like 88, 89, Muda and Sting feuded over the television title. And no, it did not suck. <laughs> how long was Muda in WCW for? Muda was in and out of WCW from about 80, 88 or 89, whenever he started, 
in, he was in and out up until 97? Because okay. he, he was a part of the NWO as well. Yeah, yeah, you're but, right. But he, Muda, from Muda broke away, when Muda broke away from New Japan, Muda started doing a lot of a lot more global stuff because he he saw where the money was, and he okay. he jet set back and forth a lot from uh, from Japan to the U.S. and made a ton of bank. Um, and yeah, um, great match. And then we get Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Sting. The defending Battle Bowl champion against Eric Watts, Bill Watts' kid, and you know maybe let's pair him with you know let's pair him with I don't know maybe Austin or Orndorff, someone that he can learn from and they can communicate and they can <clears throat> teach him to you know he's like hey you need to be in this position you need to be in this position nope let's put him with Jushin Thunder Liger who does not speak a freaking word of English curious to see what happens here um what, what crap by the way did i mention that the only reason eric watts had a job in wcw is cuz his dad was running the show uh here's this is where I wrote down one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Here's what I got. Liger was piss poor used in WCW. Proof that they had no clue what they were doing. JR has to mention that Dr. Death Steve Williams went to Oklahoma. During this match and during the Ron Simmons Dr. Death match, this, became, this got added to the list of... Apron's the hardest part of the ring. Cody Rhodes can't challenge for the AEW title. Rick Bates is a dentist list. Did you know that Dr. Death Steve Williams went to Oklahoma? He was number 76. I mean, that's how much JR mentioned him. Big number 76. Um, and also, during the Ron Simmons match, JR, you know, alludes to the fact that Florida State, where Ron Simmons went to school, and Oklahoma, where, believe it or not, Dr. Destiny Williams went to school, um, they played in two consecutive Orange Bowls, 79 and 80. He did not mention, uh, he did not mention the result of the 1979 Orange Bowl, but he damn sure pointed out that the 1980, 1980 Orange Bowl was won by the Oklahoma Sooners. Of course he did. Look, I'm a mark for my teams. Duh. <laughs> you guys see me wear Braves gear and Auburn gear all the time. Oh, hello. Auburn's final four run two years ago, three years ago. Um, yeah. Dude, I was getting uncomfortable listening to this. Like, dude, you're like Mr. T in his Hall of Fame induction talking about his mama. <laughs> Dr. Destiny Williams, Dr. Destiny Williams, Dr. Destiny Williams, Oklahoma, 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 my God. Just call the effing match, JR. Stop, you know, stop your damn man crush on Dr. Death. Oh, and by the way, have your man crush so big on Dr. Death that you bring him into WWE for the brawl for all. 
just to get destroyed by Bart and Gunn. Womp. Womp. Look, I've got to be honest. Dr. Death Steve Williams might... Do you remember... Isaac, you weren't on the show yet. Brian, do you remember when me, you, and RJ did that show of the most overrated of all time? Yes, and Williams got mentioned. Yeah, I, I would have to put him even higher on the list now, because I'm like, you weren't good. You were just a tough some bitch. I mean, there's a lot of tough some bitches in wrestling, but some of those guys could actually work, and you were just kind of crappy. But they loved you because you were a tough some bitch, and you were in all Japan, which was full of a bunch of tough some bitches. And then you yeah. ended up teaming with Terry Gordy, who was a <laughs> I mean, you see the point here. Anyway, um, this match was garbage. Another thing about Eric Watts that pisses me off. Did you guys know? Yes, Eric Watts is from Oklahoma as well. <laughs> um, but I didn't you, know that. Thank you. I know, right? Did you guys know that my favorite submission hold is the STF? And they let Eric Watts use it. And it looked piss poor. Yeah, too close to the ropes. It looked worse than John Cena's. And John Cena's looked like crap. If you ever want to see how to apply the STF, watch the match with Jono and Muda. Yeah, cinched in deep. (laughs) It was great. Um, Guys, your thoughts on this match? Hot garbage. I mean, when Sting, <laughs> when Sting and Jushin Thunder Liger can't save a match, it's God, hot garbage. Yeah. You know, and 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 the one thing I remember from this match is Ventura keeps bringing up the communication barrier between, you know, how how are they supposed to be a tag team when they can't talk to each other? And that was actually a pretty salient point, I thought. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, especially when you're being thrown together at random. And especially when you're as green as Eric Watts is, you don't need to be even at even more of a disadvantage than it's painfully obvious that you are. You want to be in there with a ring general. I mean, I'm already thinking about what kind of a match this could have been if it was Watts and Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff could have, you know, called the spots and, you know, called the tags and, okay, you know, do a little psychology and, <clears throat> excuse me, things like that. You were accidentally doing a Paul Orndorff impression. Yes, that you know, for uh, for realism, you know that that's that's what we're that's what we're here for. We're um, keeping it real here, people. That's all I'm saying. That I gotta admit it. I gotta say one thing about Paul Orndorff, besides the fact that he was a great wrestler, that gravelly voice he has was just badass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the only the the only more gravelly voice in wrestling that sounded more intimidating was Harley Race. Yeah. I hear Harley Race cut a promo, and I'm thinking my grandfather's about to whoop my ass. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just, it, it's one of a litany of decisions that you could question about, about this whole event. You know, you know who they were trying to showcase. You know who they were trying to get over. And more often than not, it didn't work. And more often than not, they were from Oklahoma. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. Uh, I, I. I'm going to beat that like a dead horse tonight. Boy. Brought it up enough for all three of us, so. Yeah, oh, no. Hey, to quote Ric Flair, we've only just begun. <laughs> oh, so we get out of that. 
mercifully by the name of God. Uh, and now we're into the NWA World Heavyweight Championship match between the Great Muda and the defending champion, Masa, my hero, Chona. I had to rip that off Bischoff from the NWO days. He called him Masa, my hero, Chono. I'm like, that's good. Um, I love the way this match started. It was fast, and it was like straight up freaking strong style. I'm like, oh, this is good. B. I learned something. Well, I learned many things watching this match, but I, I, this match clued me in on something I've never really noticed about strong style. When you wrestle strong style, you have to learn how to absorb the strikes. Uh-huh. You can't just take them or you won't last five seconds. Chono and Muda were hitting each other with everything those first five minutes, but it was almost like, yeah, the moves connected, but their cardio and their conditioning allowed them to absorb those strikes and then come up with a counter or come up with another onslaught, come up with those things. And that's why I think I love watching Nakamura wrestle most of the time, not now, but when he first came into NXT, that's the stuff he was bringing with him at that point. Came in where? NXT. You've heard of it. I, it's such a distant memory, man. It's on, it's, it's, on, it's on the NXT? network. You can queue it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Memory. You said we weren't going to discuss depressing stuff tonight. That's... Yeah. Oh, my... yeah. Barbara saying the way we were. but So th thank you for saving me for myself. Big man, you look like you have something to say. With that particular match, you see two guys that literally, you could sit there and say they could, they could have done that for an hour. And they look fantastic. For me personally, I haven't seen Muda wrestle in a long, long time. And it was a good way to look back and reflect how smooth he was with the things that he did and how these guys today can't do what he did. And I miss that style of wrestling. I truly, truly do. He, he was masterful with what he did, and that was a fantastic match between both of them. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I wanted to jump in and say. Nice. And you know what? Absolutely. You're, you're dead on with the fact that Muda was just buttery smooth i mean just good lord everything he did looked violent and it looked effortless b before you go i have a question for you okay. in muda's repertoire of moves i'm speaking not just to you but your uber fandom your heart of hearts of all things professional wrestling you see anything look familiar well, a lot of things, because I know that a lot of the people now have cribbed. One move. I'm asking about one move. Did you see something that looked familiar? Submission. Muda's power drive elbow, where he hits the ropes, walks up, and then just snaps that elbow down. Oh, yes. Kind of yes. looks most electrifying move in, move in professional wrestling. You, sir, have some explaining to do. <laughs> no, he does not have any explaining to do. You know why? He's already flat out admitted it. Yeah. He did. He, he saw that and wanted to make a more over-the-top version of it. I mean, he flat out says it's derived from, from Muda's elbow. 
And I don't know why I didn't write that down. I was I was too busy writing other stuff down. But um, well, the yeah. other thing I wrote down about this, if that was a WWE match, you would not have the give and take and the back and forth. You'd have Muda come out and hit those kicks, and his opponent would be lying flat on his back staring at the lights for five minutes. Uh-huh. Because they'd have no clue about how, like I said, how to absorb it, how to counter it, how to pace themselves. Not just that, but if you have to send two guys in WWE, it's one guy gets the advantage, beats down, then you have the comeback, and then you go to the finish. That's WWE formula. Right. UCW was smart enough to let these guys wrestle a Japanese match. Yeah. I don't know how in the blue hell Dave Meltzer gives this one star. I was going to ask you, that's that's wrong. Dave was... I give it four. This was. I would give it easily four. Yeah, I'd I go would, four and a half. Um, uh, no, I, I, I can't go four and a half because there's another match on here that's four and a half, four and three quarters for me, uh, and for a lot of reasons. Oh, uh, but it was so good, and then Chona just Chona gets that surprise sweep, and then locks in the STF. Muda's trying to fight it, and then just and then has to give it up. Um beautiful and again like i said boys and girls that's how an stf should look fun uh, fact about masahiro chono he and i share a birthday really he's my nice. birthday wrestler nice because that was that was it was a question on you know twitter which wrestler do you share a birthday with and everybody's like oh stone cold and uh, bobby Roode and uh, blah, 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 you know so i looked I up wrestlers born on september 17th and i'm like oh hey it's masahiro chono Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Chono would go from the Chono that we see in 92 to adopt, you know, the uh, Yakuza gimmick later on. And then and then unveiling the Yakuza kick, the big violent boot <laughs> that so many people started doing after that. God, Chono was a freak. Is that where JBL got it from? Everybody got it from. And uh, Test? Okay. Just that that charging boot, not like the Hogan boot, or the or the big or the big giant guy just stick your leg up boot. Like you know, run, bam. Right. Okay. Oh, straight up Yakuza kick, uh, mafia kick, whatever you want to call it. Masahiro Chono, thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> then we go from that to the WCW title match between Rod Simmons and. Oklahoma's own Dr. Death Steve Williams. Stop it. No. Stop it. <laughs> we cannot stop this train. Rick Rude question. Was that legitimate or was yeah. that storyline? Hella legitimate. This is the neck injury that uh, that would go on to end his career. Okay. This this neck because injury I was curious was about that. Like every time he would be interviewed or something like that, or when he, when he came out and like took over the commentary desk, th- this led to you no. Know, he had the neck injury. It was he got it fixed up, and then because a couple of years, because you know, I think two years from now is the Dangerous Alliance with. Arn and Zabisco and Bobby Eaton and Steve Austin and Medusa with 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 uh, Heyman managing them, okay. and but <coughs> the beginning of the end of his career because of that neck injury. 
Um, so yeah, this injury was hella legit. They ended up stripping, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up stripping the uh, U.S. title off of him because he was shelved for a while. Um, so when Jr. did allude to like if he doesn't wrestle in the next like whatever days, he might lose the U.S. championship too. Right. That's what we talked about that he had to wrestle within 30 days of that, and that's why they took I'm the title off. Pretty sure that they um. That that's what ended up happening. Um, Meltzer gives this one and a quarter stars. I was irritable. That was nice of him. It was garbage. Yeah. Um. First off, Simmons is work. Simmons is working with a with a with a busted up shoulder, which is why in the very near future he's about to drop the title back to Vader, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think right about that. I think he drops it back to Vader. Yes. Um, but um, from that point, um, but so he's limited, and it looks like it's sumo meets football. You know, we're going to line up in three-point stance, and we're going to hit each other. Oh, that part. Oh, my God. Uh, to me, that took the air out of the match about as much as Brock and Goldberg from WrestleMania 20 when neither one of them want to do a freaking thing. Speaking of taking the air out, and I've talked about this before with you guys about WCW. Right. The crowd. Dead. Couldn't have cared less about a lot of these things. Like, Muda got a pop when he was introduced for the match with Chono. Yeah. And for the tag match that he was in. Yes. There were two people in that entire in that entire card that got noticeable pops. Muda and Stan. That's it. Right. Yeah. Vader got the shit boot out of him. Which, yeah, well, okay, so there's three. But WCW fans watched it, but didn't give a rip because a lot of the people that were the were, were the the foundation of what became WCW when Ted Turner bought it. They're all in WWE now. Arn's there. Arn's about to head back. Flair is literally, you know, um, you know, Flair's already won the um, WWE title by now. Yep. With a tear in my eye. <clears throat> N- nothing is, you know, Rock and Roll Express is gone. Nothing is sacred right now in WCW except Sting. Luger's not there. You got Barry Windham. You got Sting. I would have thought Pillman would have gotten a pop by this point, or was he still too green? Pillman was heel. Okay. Pillman, yeah. He wasn't I, wrestling like one. He was. Wyndham, Wyndham and Pillman were heels. Once Brian Pillman, once Flying Brian turned heel and teamed up with Barry Wyndham, fans stopped giving a rip about him until he started tagging with Steve Austin. They became the Hollywood Blondes. Exactly. And then people hated his freaking guts. Um, I mean, and God, the Hollywood Blondes. What a freaking amazing tag team. Um, by the yeah, way... Please. Just, just kind of looking, uh, uh, looking uh, ahead, uh, and um, the next, the next clash of champions, which is uh, two weeks from at this point, um, 
Pillman and Austin take on the ta- the tag team champions of Steamboat and Shane Douglas. Um, I don't know who won because I'm not on from the screen I'm looking at, but that match happens. And for the record, it got um, three and three quarter stars. <laughs> Just saying. Um, but yeah, Steve Williams, Ron Simmons, hot flipping garbage. Now, here's what kills me. The finish? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Huh? The whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. But <laughs> I'm going micro, Isaac. No. You're going macro, and I'm going to need you to hold on no. a second. I don't need you to go macro or micro. I need you to go RJ. What do you think I'm about to tell you? <laughs> oh, God. What do you think I'm about to tell you? Well, are we still on uh, Dr. Death and Ron Simmons? Yes, we are. What do you think I'm about to tell you about the Dr. Death, Steve Williams, uh, and uh, Ron Simmons match? Oh, my God. Did somebody did somebody interject themselves? No. No. I'm talking about the time of the match. Oh, this was the longest match of the night, wasn't it? These guys no. went, what, 16 third. minutes? It's the third longest match of the night. How long? 15, 12. My God. That was way too long. For the record, Muda Chono, 12.49. The next three, uh, uh, two of the next three matches are longer than um, Simmons and Williams. And um, for the record, the Battle Bowl itself was not one of those matches. 15 minutes and 12 seconds. Battle Bowl was 14 minutes. But yeah, that, yeah, 15 minutes for that. You know what, you know what this match needs? Let's bring out Scott Norton. <laughs> Love you, RJ. I'm sure he's back there somewhere. Let's run him out. Of <laughs> Let's bring out Scott Norton. Uh, next. The next match, Shane Douglas, Ricky Steamboat, defending the uh, WCW Tag Team Championships against Barry Windham and Brian Pillman. Yes, uh, yes for this match. Oh, my God, yes. Meltzer, uh, if, uh, let's see. Um, Meltzer gave this four and a quarter, and I can't argue with that. Um, I got to be honest, as a kid, growing up and watching a lot of Continental, uh, the Continental Wrestling Association, Robert Fuller's territory, I got to see a very young Shane Douglas. Um, and so I've always, from that point, been a big Shane Douglas fan. Got to meet him when ECW rolled through Birmingham once. And mentioned, I'm like, dude, I've been watching you since Cottonelle. Like, and he just looked at me and went, how old are you? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, told, I can't remember how old it was at the time. He went, oh, wow. <laughs> Wouldn't have expected that. Like, what, the fact that I watched you in Continental? No, that you're that old. <laughs> and now I look the way I do, and yeah, I definitely look that old now. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Um, but I've always been a huge Shane Douglas fan. All the way through ECW, and then his WCW run. Let's, let's forget that. Uh, that was, because that was hideous. Um, but this was such a good match. First off, Barry Windham. 
can tag team with anyone. anybody. Anybody. If we're ever going to do a show about professional wrestling's most underrated, this dude is at the top of my freaking list. Barry Windham could have been, if you want to talk about what could have been, let's talk about what should have been. Barry Windham could have been a world champion and you could have just built the hell around him. Big dude, good looking, can play, can play the baby face, can play the heel, and can work his ass off. Um, and a technical master. Watching a Wyndham match against a uh, against a serviceable serviceable opponent will never ever let you down. Remember who his dad was. Wow, he was a blackjack. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys could work. They were amazing. Oh yeah, Lanza and Mulligan were both were, were both amazing. And Wyndham picked up a lot of stuff from Mulligan. Um, Pillman. I wrote down that I love the stamina from all of them because oh, there, there's no weak links. No. In no. any in this match at all. We're, I'm just talking about the heels right now, and then you got <clears> who we knew. As far as cardio was concerned, Pillman could run circles around damn near anybody in wrestling at this point. Any country, any promotion, anywhere around the world. I mean, my God in heaven, the man went 25 minutes of full speed against Jushin Thunder Liger. And it was glorious. <laughs> um, hey, and you. Not 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 that Brian, not that, uh, not that kind of. Um, and then you know you get Shane Douglas, who, at that time, one of the best young technical wrestlers out there, and had that belly to belly suplex, the uh, the the old, the old Bruno special. And then there was Ricky Steamboat. Oh yeah, let's throw in Ricky Steamboat. Oh yeah, let's do, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, just throw him in there. Yeah. He was um, I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have enough money left to add him to this match. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, he's yes. only he he's only been a part of two of. If you were to make a short list, with in, in no particular order of greatest wrestling matches of all time, Steamboat might be in two or three. One of them with Savage. WrestleMania three, and then one of the three against Ric Flair. Ooh. Ooh. My money, if the two out of three falls win. That was an amazing match. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. Um, I love the finish where Shane, I can't remember who Shane got. I think it was Pillman, but snapped the belly to belly out of nowhere. Snap the belly to belly out of nowhere. One, two, three, we're out of there. I mean, that... I, I have always... You said this one was 12 minutes? No, you said the Chono Muda was 12 minutes. This one was how long? 20. Didn't feel like 20. This was the longest match of the night. And no, it did not because it was full bore the whole way. And I loved it. The one thing I loved about this match, guys, and... 
This is the part of the show, boys and girls, where I'm going to start getting really X's and O's. Be ready. Just hang on tight. I'm about to, I'm about to, I, I wish I had a telestrator. Um, the one Crank thing, up the L King in the background. Here we go. <clears throat> I don't have the green screen set up tonight. So besides, even if I did with my look, it'd fall on my head again. Um, you rarely. bolt that down, sucker. I know, right? Rarely. <laughs> Do you see a match where you're surprised that that was the, that the finish came out of nowhere? I mean, you even when Randy Orton hits an hits an RKO out of nowhere, you can kind of get a feeling that something's coming. You did not get a feeling on that because there was no lull in the action. It no. wasn't a roller coaster ride. It was, you know. For you roller coaster enthusiasts, it was getting to the top of the hill at Millennium Force, and there's no left or right turn. You're just con- going to continue to go straight down. Yeehaw! <laughs> it was a ride. The at one point thing- for me, it became a war of attrition, though, because you can only keep up that pace for so long, and uh, Pillman and Wind- Wyndham have already wrestled right. before this. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. You say they all have great stamina, but your stamina can only take you so much. B, you're saying that Pillman and Wyndham wrestled earlier in the night, but did they really? <laughs> yes, because they were in with Muda and Scorpio, so yes, they wrestled. Oh yeah, that was that, that was that match. Never mind. Yes, Never let's mind. not let's. Dude, let's not. Dude. The legal lottery was such shite. I forgot who was in there with who. Ladies and gentlemen, we are we do not come here tonight in wrestling with egos to rewrite history. We're here to pass judgment on history. Two totally <laughs> different things. It's exactly. not what we're about in 2022. Not. My God. Okay. You know, let's skip the next match and just get to the and get to the main event. The <clears throat> main event. The Battle Bowl final, that eight-man over-the-top battle royal, uh, which was won by the great Muda. Um, got on. Congratulations. Yeah, got yeah. Here's the problem I have with this. You know, they made the big deal. Bill Watts made the big deal at the beginning of the show with Hank Aaron standing there. By the way, shout out to Hank Aaron. Um, um, made the big deal that, you know, the winner of the Battle Bowl ring was going to receive the winner of the Battle Bowl was going to receive the ring next year. Guess what? Muda ain't there next year. Muda does not show up. So and it show, uh, shoot some holes in your pomp and circumstance theory there. Yeah, womp, womp, womp. This we'll FedEx it to him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. The only time the Battle Bowl ring ever mattered in WCW was when DDP had it, and he lost it to Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> And then during, and in all of that, we finally get what Diamond Dallas Page became. Thank God. <laughs> um, so that was it. Um, nothing great happened in the battle royal. It was ho hum. It was an eight-man battle royal. Nobody hit any sick moves. Muda didn't hit a moonsault. It was a whole bunch of. Let's get in a corner and hug. <laughs> and hey, we got to see Van Hammer again, though. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, 
You can never have too much Van Hammer. Don't don't get your car keys and put your shoes on because you both know you're not coming over. <laughs> We're recording the show, and by the time you get over here, I'll be in bed. Yeah, no, I no, I, I, I might be showing a little bit something that nobody really cares to see. Nothing gross, but to show you that I have no intention of coming over to your house and whooping your ass tonight. I'm already taking my socks off. Oh, okay, that's. I'm barefoot down here, bro. <laughs> so, no. And besides, unlike last time, it's too damn cold. Mm, yeah, my spots. Strategic. Exactly. It's too damn cold in Northeast Ohio tonight, boys and girls. I'm not going to go whip Brian's ass. Um, but I do know people. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Isaac, I have a challenge for you. Let's go. I want you to say something nice about this battle royal. It was a pleasure and an honor to see some of the great wrestlers of the past, Flying Brian Pillman and the great Muda in this prime. Pillman wasn't in this. We're talking about just the battle bowl. Yeah, just the bowl. Just the, the the battle royal itself. Don't you go diluting the pool to try and come up with something nice to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. The, no, the, the, the final battle royal, Mudo, Wyndham. So Pillman. glad that Edge made his debut in this battle bowl, man. It was, it, you could see it was a diamond in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> Mudo, Wyndham, Vader, Dan Spivey, Dustin Rhodes, Sting, Van Hammer, and Oklahoma's own Dr. Destiny Williams. You may proceed, Isaac. Yes. So your challenge, say something nice about this battle royal. It came to a conclusion. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Thank you. Oh, he wins. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, God. That, that. Check, please. I, I'll take the check. That, yeah, fourteen minutes and one second as far as the uh, as far as the, ba- the the battle royal is concerned. Um, cool. And then we get the finals of the King of Cable tournament. Um, Sting and Big Van Vader. Keep in mind, boys and girls. I I would like to point out, I did not watch this pay per view live. Why? Because I was still grounded from wrestling at this point. Because earlier in the year, Sting lost the WCW World Heavyweight Championship to Big Van Vader. When Vader powerbombed him like his name was freaking Wardlow over and over and over and over until the ref stopped the freaking match. Me, as a kid, this is 92, 92, so um, seventh or eighth grade, I got pissed off. I may or may not have throw, thrown a remote against the wall and broken it. And yeah, I was grounded from wrestling for the rest of the year. <laughs> oh, I'll this live. So my next 
Sting Mater match after this was the godforsaken White Castle of Fear strap match at, at, at Super Brawl. Oh, my God. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Sting Invader, but I hate strap matches. I think they're stupid. <laughs> strap match, Texas Bull Rope match, <coughs> match, dog collar match. They're all dumb as shit. I hate them all. Uh, and that was the next one. Stinger, come to the White Castle the Fear. I remember those promos way too damn much. Because I'm like... What the hell is the White Castle of Fear? It, it, I, I had a cousin. A hamburger that's been turned. I had a... <laughs> I had a uh, cousin that was a truck driver. And shortly before Super Brawl, he told me about this northern... Uh, about this northern hamburger chain called White Castle. Now, for those of you guys that live in the south, White Castle's a lot like Crystal. Except they put, like, I think mayo on the burgers instead of a shitload of mustard. <laughs> they no, on? White Castle doesn't put anything on it except onions. Oh. Yeah. The Crystal, condiments come separately. Crystal puts mustard and onions. And by, and by mustard, I mean they pretty much drown the bun in mustard. I, if someone that likes mustard, they, they overdo it. But anyway, so... Uh. I just hear I just found out about this thing called White Castle and now it's the White Castle of Fear. And I'm like, are we going out for burgers? What the hell? Um I don't mind a good White Castle burger. White they're they're low-key, you know, pretty good. Quick story. There's just none of them around. That's the problem. And, uh, quick story. So uh Nurse Rant uh, a couple of years ago, uh before we got married, we went to uh, I, I took her back home, see some friends, see some family, um, and go to an Auburn game. As we're driving, we get into Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're stopping for gas, and we just happened to stop at a gas station. Right next door was a crystal. I had not had crystal. I had not at that point had crystal in about eight years. I'm getting crystal, damn it. I used to love crystal. I got them. I'm in the back seat of the car because mom came. With, my mom came with us too, because um, she was gonna go see some friends too. Um, I'm in the back of the. I'm in the back of the SUV eating my crystals. Fifteen minutes later, Beth, I need a bathroom. <laughs> that is White Castle in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know. Now Never. you know, and that's what happens. Yeah. Go to right through Oh, yeah. Well, the river was flowing, baby. Uh, anyway, let's get to this, because, <laughs> Lord, what a match. Uh, this was the part, by the way, Nick, thank you for recommending this, because of all the encounters of Sting and Vader, Keep, you know, we've talked on this show plenty of times. I am a sting mark. Always have been, always will be. I mean, these two these two guys can attest to it when he made his WWE debut at Survivor Series, because we're in Brian's house, and I jump and say up and say, ladies and gentlemen, God. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Of all the Sting Invader, Sting and Vader encounters, this is my 
favorite. And here's why. Not only is it your typical big man and big man heel babyface matchup, they played off of the fact that Sting got mauled by Vader in multiple occasions before this. Broken ribs, the power bombs, attacks, yada da yada da 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 da. Vader is still hitting that same offense and he is whooping Sting's ass. The problem in this match, and by that I mean problem, like storyline, is that Vader made mistakes. Vader hit a splash and bounced off of him. Vader, uh, um, Vader hit the, the Vader bomb, if I'm not mistaken, the, the second rope backward splash. Right. Mm-hmm. Goes to hook the leg and pulls him so hard that he that he pulls Sting out from under him. These mistakes were a part of the psychology of the match. This is this is the X's and O's I was telling you about, boys and girls. This was a part of the psychology <sighs> that continued the match because Jesse Ventura, the only freaking thing the man got right the entire damn show, was he alluded to Sting trying to play rope-a-dope with Vader and doing those mistakes. I think there was another one in the match, but those are the two that I remember explicitly was the splash that he bounced off. He missed the moonsault. That's the third. He, he missed the moonsault. Those three mistakes continued the match. You know, if he wouldn't have bounced off the splash, he could have gotten the three. Sting kicked out. If he wouldn't have pulled so hard, he would have gotten the three. But Sting was able to was able to wiggle himself out because Vader was pretty much yanking him out from under him. Because of that, Vader gassed out. And there and that gets you to the end where Sting hits that big splash. One, two, three. Loved this match. Favorite part of the entire match, though. Sting hits a belly-to-back suplex on Vader. Vader rolls over and covers Sting. One, two, kick out. Jesse Ventura. That's got to be plain depressing as hell when you do the move and the other guy gets up first. I... That line stuck with me from the first time I saw this match. To, to today, watching like, yep, there it is. My, and the commentary from JR and Jesse Ventura, the, the psychology, the rope-a-dope, the mistakes, and the action. Perfect in terms of storytelling. Could the match have been better? Yeah, I thought the pace could have picked up a little bit, but they both wrestled already. But this was master class as far as I'm concerned. Who wants to go next? I am loath to do this, but you like it on this show when we have dissenting opinions. I'm about to give you one. Ooh, okay. I will freely admit 
that I have not watched every single match Vader has ever been in. I, you know, so this is probably a poorly informed opinion, but it's my opinion nonetheless. And if it's I poor, have, as, and if it's poorly informed, we've learned on this show we can educate you. Right. I've never thought that much about Vader's in-ring ability. Yes, he's a big man who moved pretty well for his size, was able to get do some top rope stuff on occasion, had some violent finishing moves and things like that, but it seemed like, for me, every time he was in a high-profile spot, whether it was WCW, the few matches I've seen there, or it was in WWE when, you know, in like 98, early 98, when they were trying to give him that run. 95, sorry, it was, it was before that. It just seemed like he was too sloppy for my liking. Like there would always be some kind of a mistake, some kind of a, like, <clears throat> you know. And, and and I will stipulate that I have not seen, and maybe I need to go back and, you know, queue up, like, the best of Vader and stuff like that, but it just seems like... For, 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 you pod, for the podcast audience that can't see me on YouTube, I'm very much cringing at what Brian's saying. I'm allowing him to speak his opinion, but just so you know my reaction, I'm visibly cringing. And I'm I'm sure I'm I'm sure you're gonna set me right here in a couple of seconds, but that's that's the takeaway here. And 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 I think it is instructive that Vader by this point has already wrestled in a tag match and will turn right around and wrestle again in the um the battle bowl to end the night. Which was stupid. So yeah. stupid. So just just for me, this one fell kind of flat, you know, and and it's only because I'm watching it in a vacuum with no con- construct of what came before, or what would come after, and stuff like that. But for me, like in the moment, it just fell flat for me. I think because of those mistakes you mentioned. Oh, I, I know they were in service of the story, but still, I mistakes were, were. I thought the. I, I can I, I'm not going to argue with you on this one tonight because you have a very valid opinion. I just think you're wrong. And that's fair. I, I, I'm not because you could flip that coin over and you could say somebody with Vader's acumen should not be making those kinds of mistakes. I mean, is, is it the Booker's fault for making him wrestle 81 times in a pay-per-view? Maybe. Or is it just Vader's fault for in that moment? I mean, and you got race with you. I mean, he should be like coaching from the outside a little bit better too. He was. He you know. Was. You know, I. You know, Harley is pounding on the mat in frustration after yeah. Vader pulled Sting out from under it. Where you do not, and Isaac, I know you're wanting to get in. Give me just one second. Where you're using these mistakes as a criticism i'm viewing them as an enhancement to tell that story does it (coughs) and i personally don't think it takes away from the quality of the match because it's not a botch you can clearly tell from these mistakes that they're on purpose 
Bader bounced off Sting like his name was Rob Van Dam. Bader pulled Sting out from under him and rolled to make sure that Sting got out from under him. This was a part of the whole grand design. And for me, those nuances made this match like storytelling 101 in terms of professional wrestling. Um, do well, I can't argue with you on the fact that Vader was sloppy. Vader was 400 pounds and just a big dude and his whole and his whole job was just mess people up. Um, Vader, Stan Hansen, anybody? But this match from Bell to Bell told the story of how is Sting going to beat Vader? Sting's going to try and rope a dope him. Well, how do we how do we extend oh, the and still make it believable that Vader can win? Bounce, bounce the splash. Pull, uh, pull him too hard after the Vader bomb. Miss the moonsault. There's your. There's three ways to extend the match, which means you lessen Vader's gas tank, which means rope a dope. Isaac. We. I think that's something that we we touched base upon a little bit here, as we forget Van Vader's four hundred pounds moving the way of a guy that's two hundred and twenty five, and that's amazing to me. And I know that we sit back and we forget that we can't move the way Vader moved. Yes, he was powerful. Yes, he told the story. But a guy that could get up on the top rope and and do a moonsault, do a moonsault is amazing to me. And we keep forgetting about that. And, you know, yeah, we've seen it happen more often than not later in, in the years with certain people that are able to do that at that size. But he was the only one at that time that could do it and be that athletic to do it. You know, yeah, there have been other big men that could move that well. You know, I'm thinking Bam Bam Bigelow. I'm thinking Yokozuna. I'm thinking Bader. I'm thinking Keith Lee right now, if he was still wrestling. You know, there are not that – I'm thinking Ibar. You know, there are certain guys that – Jesus. You know, I'm I'm just I'm just I'm throwing out a lot of names and I'm sorry that I'm doing that, but you gotta remember Big Bam Bader was four hundred pounds doing a moonsault. And yes, he did they told the story perfectly. But you know, at the same time, you know, that that just went along to, to carry the story. Would I say cue up some Big Bam Bader stuff? Please do, because you're going to be like, dude, that dude's amazing for his size. And I'm sure that's part of it, guys, is that I just don't have enough stored in the memory banks about him. He's one of the guys that I'm deficient on. Well, here, well, I, I, I looked around. A um, couple of matches for you to look at. The strap match at the White Castle Fear at Super Brawl 3 wasn't bad at all. I mean, Meltzer, looking at it, um, Meltzer gave it four and a quarter. Um oh. I mean, it wasn't bad. I just personally hate strap matches. And then let's fast forward a couple more years. I think it was SummerSlam 94 or SummerSlam 95. Vader and Sean. Dude, that match was amazing. And it wasn't just because of Sean. Sean, yeah. 
Sean, Sean bumped for Vader. Then again, Sean bumps for everybody. But Sean and Vader told a story of, they, they told a David and Goliath story. And it was Vader's power versus Sean's speed. Something's got to give. And it was told pretty damn well. Not anything like this, but still told pretty damn well. So to be completely honest, Bubba, I my thoughts on your opinion, valid, but... But uninformed. Slightly. I wouldn't say... Oh. I would not just say uninformed. I would have to put some... I would have to put a word in front of that. Like slightly, moderately, maybe, but not not anything beyond that. Because a lot. <clears throat> and you know what, gentlemen, I respect that. I'm not going to be flip over the table guy and go on Twitter and badmouth brother Isaac and brother Patrick for calling me on the carpet because I'm a man and a half and I can take it. I can go and I can queue up these matches and I can see. Sorry. Are you done yet? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> All good. Are you done? Because I'm nothing if not a team player. And 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 I, you know, we're I'm a team player. Shout out shout out to Brody Lee and that god awful southern accent they made him try to try to use in WWE. Shame on you, Vince. Um anyway, moving on. Um yeah. To me, this match is one of my favorites. I'll watch this match over and over again because it's just like, yeah, this is psychology. This is this is how you tell a wrestling story. Um, to me, as far as storytelling goes, I put this on the short list with Sean and Taker from WrestleMania 25. I'm not saying it's as good as that match, but from a storytelling perspective, it's up there. But not in, ter- not in terms of, like, how great of a match it was. I don't think anything touches Sean and, uh, Sean and uh, Taper from Mania 25. Nothing. That um, was so, that was, we all know that was a master class and everything, you know, for that match, specific. Right. Sorry, New Japan fans, but I don't think Okada and Omega touches Taker Sean. My opinion. My opinion. You can you can tweet me at rant mode on if you don't agree with me, and I would love to have a I would love have love to have a discussion and a debate with you about that respectfully. But I must stick to my guns. Oh, uh, but so now that we've taken our deep dive into this, we're gonna come up out of the pool and we're gonna towel off here. And then we're gonna make sure we don't get swimmers ear because yeah, that's, 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 any of that. Some of the crap in this pool might give us an earache. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. Are there any snacks? Is there, we got some snacks for by the pool. Yeah, bring them over. Yeah, yeah. We got we got snacks. We got snacks. So last thing I'm gonna ask you guys to do. I you know how I I, I screwed with Isaac earlier and I asked him to say something nice about the main event. What was the one part of this show, gentlemen, for both of you, that was just kind of like the, that that was the ultimate 
Brian Kriego face moment of the show. The big, oh my God, take your glasses off, face palm kind of thing. What was the one thing you were like, oh, for the love of God, what? Do you want me to take it? Either one of you. Somebody go. Isaac, go ahead. Ron Simmons and Dr. Jeff C. Williams in the three-point stance in the middle of the match. I, I was like, are you kidding me? That, that right there was just like, seriously, this is what we're doing? That just, that point right there. You got a world champion and, you know, two college athletes doing that. Like, you guys couldn't think of anything better than that. For me, it was, I'll go back to the point that I started the night off with, the usage of your talent. You know, you can't be, uh, myopic is probably the wrong word. You can't be that short-sighted. To not understand who you've got in the back. And how could we groom some new stars, groom some new people, grow, cultivate some depth here, instead of trotting Dr. Death Steve Williams out for three matches? I know he's your boy and all that. There had to be other options. And just listening to you say, well, who was in the back that got passed over? I, There's three or four matches right there that we could have done. Uh, I'm going to answer part of that real quick because I'm looking at the card for Clash of Champions number 22, which just for date and reference sake, Starcade was uh, December 28th of 1992. This Clash of the Champions was January 13th of 1993. So two weeks. I think it's fair to say that if that's that people that might have appeared on the clash but didn't appear on Starcade were probably on the roster during Starcade. Is that a safe to assume? I would yes. say yes. Okay. Here's some people we didn't see. Oh no. Oh god. Scotty Flamingo, who we would later Wait. know Raven. Um, Tony Atlas. Wow. Hall of Famer. Paul Orndorff, we did see. The Z-Man. Tom Zink. Brad freaking Armstrong. Vinny Vegas. Diesel. Hey, hey, hey. One more. One more. Are you trying to say Chico? Drum roll. Chris Benoit. Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There's the gift. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you got to give them credit for, and, and maybe they got backlash from, the, the, they, they realized, I, I don't know what the reception of this event was. One more. They had Bagwell. They had Bagwell. Okay. I mean, that's a sea change in three weeks. Yeah. You, so, so wait a minute. You're telling me that in Clash of Champions '93, Eric Watts wasn't in the main event. No, he was not. No, he was. Okay, so they they moved on. Okay, that's good. Um, Eric was he on the pay per view? Oh, give me a second. I'm looking. He was on the pay per view at Super Brawl three. Um, he was not on the clash. 
too bad. Um, he was a blue chipper too. I mean, he uh, was. Um, but don't make uh, me. I, I can't believe this. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to watch this to make sure Dave Meltzer wasn't smoking crack. Um, the opening oh. match Super Bra- Super Brawl three on from on February twenty first of ninety three. Pillman and Austin versus Watts and Bagwell. And Meltzer gives it three stars. Jesus Christ, the Hollywood Blondes had to carry them some bitches like like there's nobody's business. You would think. Uh, you'd have to. So you know they carried that entire match. You don't think, you know. No. For the, ooh. Dude, we might need to. I respect you, Mr. Booker, man. We might need to take a look at Super Brawl 3 somewhere down the line. Check this card out. Uh, I just, Pill, I just mentioned the Blondes versus Watson Bagwell. They got three stars. The next match was Two Cold Scorpio and Chris Benoit. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the next match is Davy Boy Smith and Wild Bill Irwin. Okay. The next match, Falls Count Anywhere, Paul Orndorff and Cactus Jack. Dave Meltzer didn't give it one star or two or three. He gave it four. A Falls Count Anywhere match, which means they tore some crap up. Uh-huh. Um, Jesus uh-huh. Christ. The Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Championships, the Heavenly Bodies, Stan Lane and Tom Pritchard, Defending against Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, By wow. the way, another four-star match. Um, then there was the U.S. heavyweight, U- U.S. title. Dustin Rhodes defending against Max Payne. Negative half-star. Um, NW- NWA world heavyweight title. Barry Windham against the champion, the great Muda. Star in a quarter. And then the White Castle of Fear, Sting Invader, four and a quarter. So you mean to tell you mean to tell me we go from in two months, you go we go from watching the bullshit we just watched to that. One, let's see, matches that are three stars or higher on the Meltzer scale. One, two, three, four, five. Five out of eight are three stars or better. Jeez. We might have to cue this one up, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm interested to see this one now. Boys, next week? <laughs> I'm I'm down. B? Sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, look. Because there were three matches like that from this one. Yeah, yeah, and I and how many were on the card? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Three out of nine, and then five out of eight. All right. Five out of eight has been has been something that we've talked about multiple times tonight. Yeah. So tell me, we have five guys that wrestled three matches in at, at Starcade out of the eight guys in Battle Bowl, and then you give me five three-star or better matches at Super Brawl 3. Jeez. Um, yeah. If for no other reason than curiosity, I'd like to see, is it that much of a step up in quality? 
Well, in two months. You know what? We're gonna find out. We're 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 gonna find out next week. Yeah. Um, one thing about wrestling with egos that we've that we have decided collectively. Uh, well, at least Brian and I have decided collectively because Isaac hasn't answered the phone on the conference calls yet. Where are you banned, by the way? <laughs> Moving right along. I'm teasing. Well, well, that's that's for another date and time, ladies and gentlemen. We're not going to go there. He, he's he, he's he, he's making deals and he's got things and you know, he's you know you know millions of dollars, millions of dollars, millions of dollars. Anyway, moving right along. We're going to try to be a lot less like weekly topical and do more of this because for us, this is more fun because we get to rip crap apart and make fun of stuff as opposed to get pissed off anytime WWE releases somebody, which happens all the damn time. You notice we haven't talked about it tonight. Are we going to talk about it? No. Um, Because 2022 is going to be a more positive, more fun year for wrestling, wrestling with egos. So much, in fact, we have a challenge for you, our viewers, our listeners. In the almost, uh, what be, what is it, three years, almost? Three years. WrestleMania will be three years. In the almost three years of this show, we haven't had a whole lot of success in terms of our subscribership. YouTube, and keep in mind, our podcast feeds are relatively new because I didn't realize that I could have gotten us on Apple and Google up until maybe a couple of months ago. But what we would like for you guys to do, spread the word, because our goal by New Year's Eve of 2022, we want 500. For the record, we're at about 50 right now. (laughs) So, here's what I'm offering. And I have not discussed this with the guys yet. Brian's going to love this. You're, no, you're, you're going to love this. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, my, hand, my, my hand to God, you will love this. When we hit 500 subscribers, we will make a video. We will all be together. Isaac will be holding the camera. And Brian will get to chop me. Salacious. <laughs> I, I, I will take I will take three chops. Five hundred subscribers. Three chops. Make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> Please make this happen. There's my challenge to you. Gotta practice the angles, positioning, and I'd like to point out the only time Brian has successfully chopped me, I was off balance as it was. Spark (laughs) hit his entertainment center and ended up with a bruise on my lower back about that big around. It was freaking hilarious. was memories I felt bad about it I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> so that is my offer to you our uh, our fans our friends spread the word 
I got to be honest, who cares if they watch 500 subscribers? Make up accounts. I'll take the jumps. I'll gladly do it to be able to go to YouTube and say, I got 500 subscribers. Now what? What can you do for us? Yeah. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Because in 2022, it's 500 subscribers. In 2023, S-Y-N-D-I-C-A-T-I-O-N, syndication. Syndication. Because we do appreciate the interactivity. You know, we want to thank Nick again for, uh, you know, giving us this topic. We had a lot of fun with it. And, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with Patrick. It, it, it's time to get it a lot more fun, a lot less topical. Don't get us wrong. When when the when the, the news cycle warrants it, we'll get in there with, you know, did you see this match? And, you know, that sort of thing that happened the other night. Um, I will give a big, huge shout-out uh, to Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page for okay. another barn burner. When you said, did you see the match, that's where I was going. I'm like, oh, yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Beautiful. Hang, yeah. Hangman Danielson was amazing. I honestly expected it to go longer. Oh, but that was absolutely off the charts. Um, I love the fact that both of them were bleeding like, bleeding like hell. That was a great match, uh, which, you know, don't get me wrong. Dynamite has been amazing as of late, but let's be honest. If we're going to crown a brand new TBS champion or the inaugural TBS champion, Jaden Ruby could have been so much better. Yeah. I will also give a quick shout out to the story that Malachi Black is telling with the um, varsity blondes. Varsity blondes. They've done some really good works. Uh, Julia Hart has done some really good work in that, you know, that vastly underrated storyteller that she's becoming. I'm, I have a fear about what they're doing. I got a feeling they're, I, I have a feeling that they're about to rip off Bray and Alexa. I have a feeling they're about to do it. And if that's the case, that's going to be the first major bone I'm going to have to pick with AEW. Yeah, and that's you know, and and we we could go till three in the morning talking about this, but we but, but the long and short of it is, folks, we appreciate what you've done for us so far. We appreciate the viewership, the listens, but all we're asking is spread the word. You know, it only takes a couple seconds to click the subscribe button. That way, you get the notifications when we have new content coming up. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm going to be recording some new content tomorrow morning that I will be uploading to the drive for Patrick to process and put out there too, uh, trying to get back to some of these more uh, constant contact content things as, as we like to call it. So, um, and Hey, happy new year to everybody out there in wrestling with Eagles land as well. Absolutely. Gentlemen, any new year's resolutions? The lovebird and I have actually made it a point to waste less food. We find ourselves throwing out a lot of food, unfortunately, like stuff that expires, stuff that we forget about. And then, you know, you look at it like, oh, we can't eat this. Yep. So that, that, that's, a, that's a point of emphasis for us this year. Isaac. I don't really have any major ones. Just trying to be a better person overall. Um, be better at what I try to, to work on daily. So that's me trying to just be better. For me, same one, except I'm a little bit more detailed in that. Um, as we've talked on this show plenty of times, I do deal with anxiety and depression. This, to me, 
for me, this is the year I stop dealing with it and deal with it. Um, I'm, I'm committing myself to getting on top of this, um, both emotionally and also creatively. I'm going to, I've got, I've got some ideas, not only for this show, but also some personal projects that really looking forward to working on. And if those personal projects go well, I'll share them with you guys on, on our channel as well. Uh, but right now they're probably going to just stay on my own personal channel. Um, but definitely pushing the creative envelope here on wrestling with egos because creativity, creativity is one of my drugs. Um, thankfully I do live very drug free, but I have, I have addictions and one of them is a constant need for a creative outlet, which is what this is. But now I want to, now I, now I want to, uh, pour some gas on the fire. So here we go. Um, and also just kind of getting back to some, some, personality traits that I used to, that I used to, I used to, um, help me out. I used to do. Used to be a little bit more present than they have been. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Bring those to bring those back, you know, to the forefront. Yes. Very much so. Um, so going to be going to be a very fun year. God help us. Annoying year. For Brian, because some of these personality traits get on his ever-loving last nerve. He's already starting. He's already starting. <laughs> He's like, oh, joy. He's going to be more annoying. Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Anyway. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, again, guys, Happy New Year. May, the, May 2022 be blessed. May it be awesome. May you get as much enjoyment out of it as we are going to, because I promise you we are going to. Uh, until next week, when we talk about Super Brawl 3, for Isaac, for Brian, for everybody else on the show, I'm Patrick. It's been Wrestling with Egos. This is why we love wrestling. By the way, do you guys know that Dr. Death Steve Williams went to Oklahoma? If you don't shut that mess up... <laughs> <laughs>